have for us Lord we always want to receive your word we are blessed by your word strengthened taught given understanding wisdom and knowledge our needs are met through your word it's everything to us Lord so we thank you for it we bless you we praise you for it open up our understanding let us receive this operate in it act on it in Jesus name amen praise God (coughs) amen (coughs) excuse me Um, I thought we'd talk a little bit today about the prayer incense, the prayer incense, uh, so that we can get an understanding of um, the importance of prayer. uh, We have a prayer ministry, and I think um, sometimes we take prayer for granted because it's pretty much a mandatory, and I think I'm blessed by the fact that so many people are committed to prayer, but I know also that the enemy fights us, that we don't pray. And I think you have to have this fight back attitude in order to uh, keep your prayer life the way it needs to be, the way God expects it to be. So it's productive and fruitful and it does what it needs to do to help your life and help the, the lives of others. And so I thought today I would focus on how important prayer is to the overall uh, life on the earth period, whether it's a secular life, a Christian life, a you know, wicked life, you know, immoral life, whatever it is, our prayers are important. And I think that needs to really get inside of us, or we will not counter the enemy when he challenges us to stop our prayer life. There are so many opportunities that we have uh, to let let the obedience that God has called us to to let it slip uh, I know many churches that don't teach prayer they you know if people pray it's kind of like a voluntary thing on their part there are many people waiting for prayer uh, one of the the ways that ministries especially media ministries like an internet ministry or a TV ministry one of the ways that they build they build followers is to offer prayer uh, once you offer prayer they don't just pray for you I can remember <clears throat> back in the day you got prayed for and you got off the phone but now you have to give them your information you have to tell them who you are uh, so that they can put you on their mailing list and they'll tell you well we want to like to keep up with people and blah this blah that but it's always almost a mandatory thing now and so that's how their mailing lists are built that's how their contributions are had all of that goes in with it Um, and it's because people don't value prayer like they should Uh, people don't have confidence in their own prayers that's why they're always looking for somebody else to pray for them Uh, people don't add faith to their prayers and study the word and and there's there's never like the full picture of your life in God you know a church will specialize in this or specialize in that or specialize in that and if there is prayer that's that goes on it's offered at some obscure time like five in the morning on a Wednesday morning when nobody's awake, when nobody's, you know, it's not added to the general congregation of what goes on. There's much um, uh, false things taught about prayer. People think prayer cannot be had congregationally. You think you have to have a secret in what you pray. You can't let it be known what you're praying for and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's one of the biggest uh, failures of the church is to keep the real needs of the church and the people 
segregated from the people themselves. Why don't you merge the needs of the congregation with the people so that they can be invested in their own future. But many times we think well we can't let this be. This is a secret. Don't share this with anybody. Don't tell anybody and all this kind of nonsense. When really if if your, your ship is sinking you don't care who God wakes up to pray for you. You just want prayer. <clears throat> but you want effective prayer. And you want prayer that will avail much. We all want that. But I think it's one of the, the things that is fought over in the church more than anything. And we never see that battle come to the forefront. Because prayer is so vitally important to life on the earth. There is just that essence to it. So I thought today I would impress you with how important it is to pray. That you would uh, always pray, the Bible says, and not faint. Uh, when you miss prayer... Be careful to to make it up. Uh, don't let a week go by and say, well, you just skipped it. Don't let the devil rob you. Don't let him deceive you with thinking it's okay not to pray. It's never okay not to pray. Because that is an investment in your life. See, this is what people do. They go along for a season, then something happens. They get personally discouraged and they lose heart. And they don't feel it's worth it anymore. And they let their prayer appointment slip. They let their prayer time go by without praying. Well when you do that you either repent and ask God to get that back for you. Or you make an excuse in your mind and you make it okay not to pray. That's that's really the wrong attitude. It's never okay not to pray. It's never okay to sin. It's never okay to miss doing what you're ordered by God to do. It's never okay not to forgive. It's never okay to hold grudges. It's never okay. None of that is ever okay. And so you shouldn't be looking for an excuse not to pray. You should be looking for motivation to pray. To continue to pray. So I want to try and impress you with the importance of prayer. So you don't let yourself, your mind get twisted about this. Because this is something that's vitally important to all life on the earth. This is our uh, pipeline to heaven. You want to keep that open. You want to keep open communication with God. Uh, If you have prayerlessness, if you're one to skip prayer in your life, look for something to be missing in your results that you want down here. This is automatic. So it's not like you cannot do what God expects you to do and expect him to do everything you're asking him to do too. You got me? And so people can, you can track it down and see where you've gone off the rails somewhere. You know, people, that's not legalism, that's wisdom. You know, I want my, my uh, train to stay on the tracks all the time. And I know you do too. And doing what's expected is if you're in a prayer ministry, duh. Come on now, it's not okay not to pray. And so I want to impress you with that, impress it to you real strong. So that this year is not a repeat of last year for you. Got me uh, the barely get by street and then you're always trying to think of ways to make more money and have more money. It's because something's missing because if you're doing everything God tells you to do one job should take care of you and take care of you well. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's not get thinking here that you know I got to go here and make extra money. and do Just do what God tells you to do and let your faith work in the area where you are.
So you're not worn out, crazy, and tired because you you don't make enough money in your one job, and it's always you're always short somewhere. Find out what you're doing. Your seed you're, you're lacking to sow, and you'll find the root of the problem. And so I'm trying to impress you in a positive way, not try to put you in fear and scare you. Just do what you do the right thing, as Mr. Spike Lee would say. Do the right thing. You don't have to worry about these things. But if you're missing when it's time to pray, there's going to be something missing in your life, something vital that you need because God wants you to know there's no free ride here everybody's expected to do what's, what they're expected to do and and just go on in life don't let this be an issue don't let this be a problem for you uh, take care of this and, and go on and enjoy your life so in Revelation book, uh, chapter 8 start in verse 1 it says and when he had opened the seventh seal there was silence in heaven for about the space of a half hour now in the previous chapter you saw this great number that no man could number worship and praise going on all the time but all of a sudden there's silence in heaven must be something very important get ready to go on or going on and it says I saw the seven angels which stood before God and to them were given seven trumpets and another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints incense is offered with our prayers upon the golden altar which was before now think about this there's silence in heaven for a half hour until the prayers and the incense come forth you don't think that's important this little business we do down here and sometimes we do it with fervor and zeal and sometimes we skip through it and sometimes we squeeze it in that's precious to God enough that there was silence in heaven for a half hour until the the incense and the prayers were offered before the throne of heaven and he says offer it with the prayers that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand and the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it to the earth and there were voices that's your prayers doing that that's my prayers doing that that's why it's important to pray I mean if I can't impress you with anything this year let me impress you with this there's silence in heaven before this is offered before God your prayers are an offering at the altar of God and you think because you fell asleep you can skip it for a week you understand what I'm saying let's get a let's really get a picture of what we are doing down here and how it's connected to heaven let's do that today let's see that today let's focus in on that today let's understand the importance of what we do today and he says then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar cast it to the earth and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake all happened because of our prayers and the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound the first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood and there were cast upon the earth and the third part of trees was burnt up 
and all green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded and it was as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast where a great mountain burning fire was cast into the sea and the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. The third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded and there fell a great star from heaven burning as it were a lamp and it fell upon a third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star was called Wormwood and the third part of the waters became Wormwood and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. The fourth angel sounded and a third part of the sun was smitten and a third part of the moon and a third part of the stars so that the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and night likewise. And and I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice woe 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 to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet and the three angels which are yet to sound. And so you can see that when we pray, after we pray, there is released a judgment from God. Because when the righteous pray, it is to make things right on the earth. Right always means judgment, but it's also tempered with mercy. Because we see only a third part of the earth has been affected by the release of the woe and the judgment that comes upon the earth only a third part of it where does the mercy come from where do you think the mercy comes from it's the incense that's offered incense always refers to God's acceptance of the prayers of the righteous it it speaks of the pleasantness of God that comes so when we offer up our prayers they are mixed with the incense from the altar in heaven and as these prayers are ministered over when you pray and there's wickedness and there's uh, corruption in government and there are all these things all these people trying to oppose wickedness on righteous people all of those things those things have to be judged and made right when we offer our prayers when we pray the word God hears our voices as right voices as his voice is coming back to him reminding him of his covenant with us and his mercy which endures forever and the incense becomes and it tempers the judgment of God and it provides an escape for the righteous and it provides another day for the sinner to get saved it provides mercy that's scattered upon the earth and then the the third part that gets destroyed also has mercy sprinkled in it too so that God can hear the the cries of those who are there but he cannot change his law based on what we feel he has to 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 judge but he also reminds himself that he is a God whose mercy endures forever and that sweet aroma of the incense tempers with mercy any judgment of God that comes to the earth so the righteous can live another day 
Those who are being prayed for, your family members, can live another day to be saved. It's not God's will that anybody perish. But he also is not going to let sin destroy and wickedness prevail. He's not going to let that happen. Because his righteous way must prevail in the earth. And the way he does that is through the prayers of the saints. This is not a, 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 a breakdown of revelation and what all the judgments mean. But this is a, gets you an understanding of how important your prayer is. Those prayers are held in a basket in heaven. They are released for specific times and, and seasons on the earth. And then incense is offered with those so that when these thunderings come, they're limited in where they affect people some people think this wormwood thing has already happened i don't know about that i didn't ask god about that what he told me to talk to you today about was the importance of your prayers so we're not going to derail this this conversation over into uh something else that that we're curious about we're going to talk today about the importance of prayer and how vitally important it is to get you to take it more seriously don't ever take the things of god for granted because you don't want God to take you for granted. You want God to know that you're important. You want to know he considers you important. And that's fine. But there's a way that we must live our lives. Connected to God. And consistent with what God. And in agreement with God. So that we can receive the results that we desire. And God can get his work done. He gets his work done through the prayers of the righteous folks. Don't you ever forget it. When we miss prayer. We miss an opportunity to help God in the work down here on the earth. It's as important. It's very important that we continue in prayer. So our prayers are always be held before the altar of God. Always. Always, what's in your basket? Hmm? The incense of God, the incense that's mixed with our prayers, provides a pleasant aroma before the throne of God. If you will, it puts God in a good mood. It really removes the the wrath of God or tempers the wrath of God to a degree. Whenever the smoke was, whenever people on the earth provided. Uh, um, an offering before God God provided the fire and he also offered uh, when the, the priesthood was established it was always that incense would be offered on the altar of God as well and incense always puts God in a good mood so to speak it's the aroma he says that we are living sacrifices and we are the sweet savor of Christ down here when he smells his people he thinks mercy he thinks uh, good thoughts about us it puts him in remembrance of his covenant of mercy and his covenant of peace and so it's it's good to know that that God sprinkles mercy on everything because it, it allows him to get his work done it allows us to have hope for a better future and all of those things come in with the mercy of God so our prayers are always be held before the altar he uses our prayers to bring mercy with any judgment that comes upon the earth before Jericho was destroyed the inhabitants of the city who helped the spies were shown mercy before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah he, he Abraham pleaded for the righteous 
anybody that's that's that you want to spare we're always looking for mercy whenever you know when when something uh, when the twin towers were hit everybody was praying for more people to get out of that building but it, it was you know it was a done deal already many of those people i'm sure went to heaven because they cried out to the lord and there were there were christians in there too many people were spared beforehand some people said i didn't get to work the day that day something happened and this that and the other thing and so we have to always keep in mind god wants to temper judgment with mercy that's his desire in second chronicles seven fourteen, that's our little cornerstone scripture that we like to refer to from time to time and, and i enjoy it too and this, this was given to king solomon in the event of this is the mercy parachute that was given to god's people it was during the time when the temple at Jerusalem was dedicated, the one that Solomon built. It was a temple of peace. David was not allowed to build it. God told him, he said, I want you to lay up uh, provision for the building of it. He said, but I want it built in a certain way by a certain people in a certain time he said you're a man of war he said in your hands have shed much blood he said and i don't want you to build for me with bloody hands you know remember us preaching about talking about um dedicated things and how uh, your hands have to be dedicated to certain things and i was telling you i had worked in uh in in uh, um, in the hospital in the medical field uh, as transition time when the abortion was being legalized and I was telling you that before abortion was legalized nobody ever sued a doctor you know doctors were considered um, there there that that uh, thought of do no harm was always programmed into the medical field i mean medicine nursing all of the ancillary uh, uh um support uh practices that supported that were always included under that umbrella was these people are here to do no harm and that's always been a part if you read the hippocratic oath there is a it's a it's, what they're doing now is a violation of their own oath that they have sworn because it is an anti-abortion oath in there it says no instrument pessary anything to stop to interrupt the the normal course of a pregnancy shall be done by these hands well when you dedicate your hands to evil as well as good you put confusion in there and so god can't get involved until somebody repents of that shedding of innocent blood and then we can get and that's why people sue the wallpaper off the walls now you know because there's no do no harm uh, provision there it's it's been violated and so god can't blanket an umbrella that that profession and that art with his protection against you know because there is harm being done now Uh, there's harm done to shedding of innocent blood was the same uh, principle that he applied with David not being able to build a temple because the temple is where people come to get peace with God and if your hands have been dedicated to war those hands are contaminating the spirit of peace that God wants brought in there 
So Solomon didn't have to do any war. So God said your son Solomon will build this. He said you can lay up every. And David poured his own personal finances into the building of the temple as well. Because his heart was to get it done. But his hands weren't going to be able to allow him to do that. Not if God was going to have the kind of temple he wanted to have. God is very funny about stuff like that. Once something's dedicated to him, it's dedicated. We can't dedicate, take back, dedicate, take back, dedicate and take back. And so God God honors what's dedicated to him. So Solomon in verse uh, chapter 7 verse 1, he said he made an end of praying. He came, fire came down from heaven, consumed all the all offerings and sacrifices. And this is where the glory cloud filled the temple. The priest couldn't enter to minister by reason of the cloud. We all like that you know but look up what happened what was done prior to it was offerings made and that's not always money but it's the heart of people that God wants and he says here all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory was upon the house and they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground and worshiped praise God saying for he is good and his mercy endures forever then the king and all the people offered sacrifices for the, it was a time see when there's rejoicing people are free givers it's you know it's just a principle when the presence of God is there and people enter into with worship then then their hearts are mixed in with God's heart they're there they are one and they get freedom they get a release from from their troubles and their worries and their woes all that happens but also people have a willing heart they have a free heart to give and the king and all the people offered sacrifices king Solomon offered all this stuff and he dedicated the house to God and the priests waited on their officers offices the Levites also with instruments they brought out the music that King David had made to praise the Lord because his mercy endures forever so the 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 mercy of God is what people cry out for and call for whenever they approach God. You 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 have to understand the mercy of God is so vitally important for life down here on earth. And the incense in in the book of Revelation represented the mercy of God in that it it comes upon the earth even when times are bad. David and and moreover Solomon hallowed the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord for there he offered burnt sacrifices so the sacrifices the offerings the incense always make things holy he says because a brazen altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings and there were so many so also at the same time Solomon kept the feast seven days and all Israel with him a very great congregation from the entering of Hamath to the river of Egypt and in the eighth day they made a solemn assembly for they kept the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days so this is the eighth day this is the new beginning this is what God is beginning to honor this is setting a new tone for the nation of Israel and he says and on the three and twentieth day of the seventh month he sent the people away to their tents glad and merry and so forth and so on 
Verse 11, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord, and the king's house, and all that came to his heart to make in the house of the Lord, and his house he prosperously effected. And the Lord appeared to him by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. So he heard his prayer and granted mercy that God would meet them there. He says, but I want you to remember this. He says times are good right now Solomon. Everything's going well right now. But I know people and I know they stray away from me. And I know what people are capable of but I've made provision for that. God always makes provision. He always makes a way back. And prayer is the key. It's essential to the way back. If you don't grab hold of anything this year and remember it, burn it in your brain, your prayers are essential for a way back to God. For somebody, sometime, something, somewhere. It may seem like a routine prayer to you and you may pray this prayer, these prayers with your prayer partner twice a week, once a week or for years. You've done it for years. But even though it may seem routine and it may seem like if you skip it this time or you know you got things going on and you can't fit it in and all this self-important stuff we get involved in. You've got to remember that prayer is God's way back to somebody who's lost their way. For somebody who's strayed away, for somebody who can't find their way, for somebody who's totally lost, this is God's way back. And so he says in verse 13, he says, if I shut up heaven that there's no rain. In other words, if it gets to the point where I got to cut off your supply and judgment comes to the earth. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. In other words, don't let the fear of judgment be your guiding factor. See, this is why believers are so essential in the earth. Because fear of judgment looms over the mind of every disobedient person. Every person that's not uh, in covenant with God. And also Christians who who lose heart and who don't don't follow through on God. The judgment of God hovers over the minds of most people most of the time. That's why they don't go to church. That's why they don't serve God. That's why they skip prayer. That's why because they think, well, what's the use? And he says, if I do all of these drastic things, now shutting up heaven where there's famine and drought and increasing the desert and no food produced, that's pretty drastic. He says, I don't care how bad it looks to you. That's what he's saying. He said, if I cut off everything where there's no life down here, where there's no water down here, where there's no food down here. He said, just remember the way back. This is the way back. And he says, if my people who are called, even if I send pestilence, but if, if they start dying like flies. He said, if my people which are called by my name will, number one, humble themselves. Forget about you. Forget about your busy schedule. Forget about how much you have to do that you can't pray. Forget about putting off your prayer partner until they get discouraged with you. Or angry with you. Or whatever. Forget about that. Humble yourself. Get yourself out of yourself. Get yourself out of the mindset of it's it's no good anymore. It won't work anymore. Or patting yourself on the back if you make one week out of the whole month praying. Forget about that. He said humble yourself. That's not a humble person. 
to humble yourself and pray seek my face turn from your wicked way oh i'm not am i wicked mm-hmm. We'll find out in a minute. I got something to show you here. He says, and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Prayerlessness is a wicked way, folks. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. He says, now my ears will be open. My eyes will be open, my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. He says, yeah, he said, I always hear you. But you got to come right. you got to come proper. you got to come in a way that I can honor. You can come in a way, don't, don't play with me. Come in a way that I can honor so that I can hear and I can forgive and I can heal their land. He said, I can do that and I want to do that. This is God's plan and purpose. To when people are disobedient, they humble themselves, they repent and come back. He wants them to come back. I don't know why people keep going. Going where? There's nowhere to go as far as I can see. At some point you're going to have to come back to God. There's no place else to go. You can try Muhammad if you want to. And many people do. But he's not God. He's not going to be able to help you. But there is a way back. There's always a way back. There's always a way back folks. There's a way back for everybody. There's always a way back if we'll take it. And this is our guarantee. 714 is our guarantee. That God's covenant of mercy is always there for us to to uh, step into when judgment is earned. And judgment is earned on this earth. God desires nobody perish. His mercy endures and is available. That's what it means. It's available forever. He will hear the cry of the righteous. And we are the intercessors of the world. You got to understand that. Our prayers are what's opened up in heaven. Your prayers. Pray with your prayer partner that you may not think much of. They're heard before the throne of heaven. That's what God opens so that he can bless the world. The devil's theft of the ministry of prayer is obvious and it's active at all times. He will never not bug you about this. He will never not bug you about it. He will steal faith from your prayers. You'll be in a mindset sometimes when you're not sure if you're heard or if with or the answer will come. It's like you're praying in a vacuum. That's happened to me, it'll happen to anybody. Don't let that stop you from praying. He will steal your prayer time. You're going to find that time squeezed from time to time. But you've got to hold on to that prayer time. That is your divine appointment with God. So that heaven can hear you. Heaven needs to hear you. Heaven desires to hear you. God's spirit is in you. And that's how he draws from his spirit down here on earth. Is through human vessels earthen vessels god the enemy tries to not only steal prayer time you can always get it back god doesn't redeem time he says we should do that that's our job to redeem the time he's don't wait for him to give you more time to waste especially if you didn't do what you're supposed to do with the first time he gave you he sets up the enemy sets up offenses among prayer partners well, I call them, they didn't, and I get tired of calling them all the time. They put me off. See, that's not humility. 
if you're humble you'll just say well let's set a time I, you know if we couldn't do it now let's get our time back again let's do this and let's make sure we get our prayers done humble yourself even to your prayer partner that you think is not respecting you whatever that means um, this is not the issue the issue is that heaven hear your prayer so they'll set up offenses among prayer partners yeah they think they're important and yeah they're treating you bad but yeah you got to get your prayer done so let's get on with it get over it get on with it put you to sleep when it's time to pray that's always been try to get you to compromise on well if I pray for I, I know I should pray for at least 30 minutes if I pray for 20 that's close you understand what I'm saying just get in there and pray until God's through you know let him determine your time and how much time you're supposed to to pray you understand what I'm saying and when the spirit quits you quit you understand you just make it real easy on yourself and we make it hard by putting amounts of time on things and putting you know all that other stuff that we put on there we we add to our difficulty uh, if you can't do 10 or 15 or 20 minutes you know don't don't say you got to do more you know That's get your prayers done get your assigned prayers done if he can get you to make excuses for missing prayer on time he will get you in the habit of prayerlessness so okay he'll get you if you make excuses you know what an excuse it becomes a reason not to after a while it becomes a reason not to you're never excused you have to make that prayer up or repent repent and say God you know what I'm sorry I'm not I don't have the right attitude about prayer this is important to you and it's important for my spiritual well-being as well it's not a something that I do you a favor if I do it or it's not something that has no meaning it has meaning down here and I want to continue to do it and do it the right way no prayers no incense no mercy got me no prayers no incense no mercy the incense must be mixed with prayers. If they're not there, there's no incense and no mercy. And there's no way back. So we said that there's when we don't, when we fail to pray, there's no incense in heaven that God can savor and release mercy. In Luke 18.1, a very simple phrase, we use it all the time, everybody's familiar with it says men, men Jesus taught this the words are in red yeah. he spoke a parable and said to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint and he gives a parable of the woman that needed something essential to her life she needed something essential to her life there are people who need things that are essential to life and can't get them because they either don't know God don't know how to pray don't know to pray you have people that ask you for prayer all the time you have people that tell you their problems all the time and you offer to pray for them and so you understand the importance of prayer and you understand what it can do to release mercy and release blessing upon the earth he says in verse 2 there was in a city a judge and he didn't fear God or regard man so this is a hard judge he did what he wanted to do but even the hardest of people can be broken down by continual prayer 
This is a picture of continual prayer. Remember the Berlin Wall? Everybody was scared of it. Nobody thought to, to you know, speak to it. Nobody thought to do anything. Many people have prayed for many years. But it took one word from the right voice in the right authority to get that final break in the wall and get that thing broken down so that people on both sides could have freedom. Freedom's important to God. Your personal well-being is important to God. Your contentment, the contentment of all people is very important to God. And he works to make those injustices right. How does he do it? He does it by persistent prayer, not casual prayer. Not just, you know, if you didn't, didn't, if you got three one prayer out of the month done and you feel good about yourself there's something wrong with your thinking you have to have a consistent prayer that's what got this lady what she wanted this is a picture of, of what God, Jesus means when he says to pray and not faint this is what he's talking about this is a picture of it and he says this judge didn't regard he didn't fear God and he didn't regard so he's on his own he does what he wants to do and he says there was a widow in that city. Here's somebody, no power, no influence. A widow was the the bottom of the totem pole, really, or the bottom run, bottom rung of the ladder, as far as influence, importance, ability to uh, curry favor, financially, probably no money, living from day to day, but she needed something. And she felt to go to the person in charge to get her need met. That's usually all it takes. is one person that wants to see things change. The things that God has done in the earth through one person that wanted to see things change. The prayers of one individual that wanted justice done. That wanted to see an end to this. This business of, of your children going to school and they're being taught uh, uh, homosexual and immoral practices is... It needs to change. But you know you see church people just go about their business. They complain about it. We're good complainers. But who's willing to to keep pecking away and chipping away at it. And hitting it and hitting it and asking God and asking God. Petitioning for, for justice. When this is not right. It's not right that your children. You pay tax money to have your children educated. And they're being indoctrinated to a lifestyle that's immoral. That leads to disease, that leads to destruction of family, what we know as a normal family. You can't have a normal family anymore because the school system has taken that power away from you. They're already giving children abortions without parental consent. Giving them contraceptives and all kinds of things without parents' consent. And parents just shrug and keep going because they feel powerless too. But the prayers of the saints, if we're consistent and persistent, just think, you skip prayer, there's a, a chance that you know, because the, the, the persistence is the key to this thing. Continual, not missing your prayer time. Continual, not missing it. Continual, that's what brings the results here. And he says that he listened for a while, it didn't change. Isn't that the way it is with prayer? We pray and pray and pray and for a long time we see no change. That didn't stop this widow. That didn't stop her. 
And he, he says he wouldn't for a while, but afterward he said within himself. That's where you convince you. That's where you get convinced, folks. It doesn't matter what they say on the outside. It doesn't matter what the government uh, prints and what bills they pass. It's what individual people say on the inside of themselves. That's where God moves. And he said, though I don't fear God nor regard man, all his defenses are caving in. Prayer causes even the hardest heart to be softened. It causes the defense defenses of man to be broken down to do the will of God. It causes change in the individual that you are that is the key to your prayers being answered. Prayer changes people on both sides of the prayer. Changes all people involved. He says, Yet because she troubles me. Your prayers trouble the enemy. Your prayers trouble in heaven. Your prayers make an impact down here on the earth. He says I will avenge her because she's wearing me out by coming to me continually. Now if this is the effect you get in what we want are results. We don't care if somebody's wearied. We don't care if they get up in the middle of the night. We don't care what has to happen. We want the results that we are looking for. And however God can can get that done we expect him to move to get those things done. Because that's what faith is. Faith is saying that we will get them done because God will move on our behalf. No matter who he has to move, whose heart he has to change, who he has to get up in the middle of the night. I think about that sometimes when I think about the um, um, uh, Shambach. Remember his book on miracles? A lot of books. And it was a miracle about a mother whose son was to be executed. She came to his meeting. And the execution was taking place that evening. And, and they prayed that the, her son would be spared. Whew. To just let God descend on you and you pray that prayer anyway even though you know the time is short. Even though you know there's much. You you know what I'm saying? Thank God for the anointing. Thank God for the man of God who will interrupt a a service and, and stop and pray with somebody. And they said that he said the next morning he woke up. He didn't even check on it that night. You know when you pray the prayer of faith you can sleep at night. You can be peaceful. You don't worry about what the results are. And he saw the headlines in the newspaper. Execution stopped. They said a man had gotten through to the warden and given him enough evidence that, that they were getting ready to electrocute the wrong man. The 11th hour. It's never too late. God can extend time. He can wake up the uh, uh, the right person. You know, have them have the right heart. You know, thank God there was somebody in that office who had a heart not to do injustice that wanted to do the right thing instead of saying, you know, the people have spoken or something like that that we say to to get out of having to pray about something. And so he was he was there and he did the right thing. So so that's always on the table folks that if you persistent and if you stay with your prayer and this is this is why you have to pray all the time this is why you have to pray when you're assigned to prayer this is why you don't skip your prayer time is because you can make an impact like this God is looking for those prayers so he can make this kind of an impact see this is what changes cities 
This is what changes people. It's not occasionally when you feel like it prayer. It's you get invested in that prayer. You get persistent about that. You look at those words and you say I want this to happen. And I want this to happen in the schools. I want this to happen in my family. I want this to happen period. I want this to happen in my life. And so this is, this is why you do it. Continual prayer. He says hear what the unjust God said. And not shall God avenge his own elect. I mean God is on our side. He's not unjust. He's not. Un- he wants us to pray. He's our prayer partner. So if somebody who's unjust can relent. And give people what they want. <laughs> even though God bears long with us. Even though things may not change for a long period of time. Don't faint. Don't faint. Don't faint. Don't faint. Now that word faint, I want you to look at that because it, you know, it kind of intrigued me. I thought to myself, I said, "Whoa, men are always praying not to faint." Do I understand really what that means? The root word for that, the last part of that word, is a Greek word, kakos, k-a-k-o-s, which actually is the word for wicked. It means bad, worthless. Depraved, prone to do harm. See, there's that word, do no harm again. When you pray, you do no harm. You got me? Prayer always helps. Prayer always helps. If you want a a do no harm atmosphere around you, you pray. That word faint also means to be a malefactor or a criminal. To do evil. So when you skip prayer you do evil. You got me? There's an evil intent there when you don't pray. It's not something that you, you know like school work, homework you can skip it. It's either good or evil. If the devil can get you to make excuses for missing prayer one time. He'll get you to do, he gets you in a habit of prayerlessness. In dark times, now I'll give you a little bit. And I, I thought this was kind of intriguing how the, the earth descended into what they call the dark ages and how it came out of it. You know, we all know the long and the short of it, but, <clears throat> you know, I thought it was kind of interesting that the, the altar of prayer in heaven was so scarce. No incense, no mercy. And so. There was so much corruption on the earth that um, the church actually went into hiding. In dark times there was little prayer or documented prayer. And the preaching of the gospel was was silent. Miracles ceased. There was great darkness. And, And they called it darkness. Now people in a secular realm called it dark because there was very little um intellectual stimulation there was very little uh, thought as far as inventions and, and things that would help humanity so in a secular sense they saw it as dark because it looked like people were asleep somewhere you know there weren't they weren't being challenged to do more for each other they weren't doing being challenged to find answers to the problems on the earth nothing was happening and as a Christian you can definitely rate it, relate it to prayerless 
hopelessness. So you can see how when God wants to help people. It's like uh, in Second Chronicles 7.14. God said if I shut up rain from heaven it gets dark when there's no rain. It gets, it gets dormant when the, the life force of God ceases on the earth. And he says this is the time a prayerlessness is what the problem is. And so he says what I want you to do. Humble yourself and come back to prayer. So light can break forth on the earth. So things can happen to the good. So I'm just reading from my notes. It says here uh, in dark times there was little prayer or documented prayer. Or the preaching of the gospel or of miracles. Life was barbaric and the lifespan was shortened. Whenever there is prayerlessness on the earth. uh, uh, Things like infant mortality increases. Even though. Uh, pregnancies and birth may increase infants don't they don't they don't live past uh, infancy Um, childhood diseases increase so life is cut off almost at birth Uh, it occurred in Europe and, and this is where it's documented because Europe was kind of the center of civilization for a while it occurred in Europe after the fall of the Western Roman Empire uh, for, uh, for the 5th to the 15th century. So there's like a thousand years there of nothing but darkness because of prayerlessness. You see how long it can go on? I mean it can go on almost indefinitely. If somebody don't pray. Now think about that. You and me. Our prayers keep light in the earth. They keep the heavens open. They keep hope and encouragement for people. And the majority of Christians do not have a prayer life. The majority don't. So <clears throat> there was what there was a period that was also called the papal darkness, where the little bit of church that people knew that even descended into more darkness, where the the office of the pope was greatly influenced by corrupt governments and aristocrats, not by God or by His people. The church was militarized through the crusades. And there was power. The crusades were in power. So it was mostly a secular church. A church that thought warfare was not spiritual. But it was natural. So they went about um, trying to take Jerusalem back from the Muslims who had captured it. And so there was great brutality all in the name of God. This is what many times people who don't want to get saved will refer to as well the church has done this and that that was not the church. That was not God's people doing that. That that was worldly people claiming to be God. Any any religious thought in any a connection to God was done in darkness, in secret. So you had a great number of religious orders that were run by monks and monasteries. And there was great secular thought and secular activity even in the monasteries and in the excuse me, in the nunneries. So the Catholic Church, because their leadership was being corrupted by secular thought that secular mentality trickled down into the Catholic Church so much so that God had to wake up somebody to challenge that to get them to 
get light back into the church. You saw some of the thinkers like St. Augustine doing his writings during this time. But there was no preaching. Writing is not the same thing as preaching. The gospel has, has to be free for those who want to hear to be able to hear. God always has a, an avenue to get his word to people that all can receive and it's through preaching. Writing, you've got to be literate to get that. Or you've got to find somebody who can read to get it. <laughs> you know, in this country, in the 1600s, 1700s, it was illegal to teach slaves to read and write. You know, when you want people bound, you keep the, the, the uh, um, avenue for them to be taught close to them. So what did the missionaries do? They just preached the gospel. <laughs> to people there is a um, uh, Alex Haley wrote about this when he wrote the book Roots and he talked about the um, uh, gift of the griot in the in some of the cultures African cultures and these were people who because they didn't have a written language they were oral historians where they could could, could recite uh Reams of history just from memory to people to keep up with the history of that's how he found out who his family was. It was handed down orally from generation to generation to generation to generation. You'll find that gift in African American people. You'll find it scattered in people in this country, throughout this country. My dad could tell you he could recite statistics of baseball and he you know, he was a drinker. He wasn't an educated man, but he was gifted in that that sense. That gift kind of falls down through generations and families Uh, when I started school I had a photographic memory as you learn that that gets replaced with normal memory but I can remember looking at whole pages of stuff and reciting it just from you know with little primer books that we had in school and so those those gifts and those abilities folks God puts in people to preserve his word so many of the early preachers african-american preachers in this country weren't stopped by the fact that they couldn't read and write had bibles they just you know heard what the the missionaries and they keep kept repeating what they they said you know and and uh, so it god's word can never be stopped when the preaching goes the word goes forth folks so the spoken word is what god he says the foolishness of preaching is what he's used to convert the whole world and so that's what he uses so the fact that it was illegal to read and write never stopped the gospel and the truth of god's word from getting forth so monks and monasteries the gospel was hidden Thomas Aquinas was one of the thinkers and writers of that day and he wrote many of his reflections and some of the things that we have now that were very precious especially in the Catholic Church were handed down through the monks and the monasteries uh, you also need to know that um, um, making Spirits was important in the monastery too. <laughs> the Catholic Church has always been very creative in the way that they raised their funds. So. 
the Benedictine monks, their their recipe for uh, brandy, that was something that's very common. You know, if, if you got if doctors had to have a connection to the the monks to get you know their medicinals and so forth and so on and so it's you know bread making all those things a very very popular uh, way of of them making money and staying um, you know keeping going during that day but it was a dark time because of the 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 uh, scarcity of the word of God being preached and the scarcity of prayer the scarcity of valid prayer that God could honor and could be received at the throne of God was scarce during that time there was much religious thought <clears throat> but prayer and the power of prayer were absent so there had to go out a call for prayer and what God often does is he will stir somebody's heart to thinking stir somebody's heart to questioning what's going on he will stir somebody's heart to begin to want to challenge what they see as being law or being the way of life or being what's acceptable to society with his word he'll begin to speak his word into the hearts and the minds of men to stir them up and when when that word gets in somebody's heart and it begins to convert their soul there becomes a righteous indignation for anything that not does not line up with the word of God and so what God will do is he will find somebody who who he can convert their heart to get them to challenge and to to cry out like this this widow did for vengeance for justice we're, we're, we're not being treated right down here God there's a truth in your word that's not getting to us people are not giving us what's right and what's true and we want what's right and so there was not only a cry this is Martin Luther of course you know we're talking about but there was not just a cry in Luther's heart but God was stirring up more people and this is what we need to understand when God moves he knows who to wake up who to talk to you're not the only one that he's using you're not the only one who's got a job and you got to get your sleep and all that and this prayer is not disturbing your way of life but if you will obey God in this time in this season he will do miraculous things even through your prayers even through your prayers that you think that are not that important sometimes he will do miraculous things through your prayers so there was a lot of religious thought but not much prayer and the power obvious power prayer was absent because of the hard life that people led during the dark ages there was a lot of plunder of different uh, groups of people you'll see invasions of a very very murderous kinds of groups of people where they do wickedness and evil you know uh, we said prayerlessness when when uh, that word fainting and not praying means to do wicked so when we don't prayer pray we allow wickedness to increase in the earth it's just the truth because the enemy will get us with some wicked idea that prayer is not important and we add to that wickedness that's down here on the earth there's no two ways about it and so you need to understand and just think 15 20 minutes and that you've done a good thing for God 
You see what I'm saying? I mean, you don't have to look at it some torturous thing that you got to take time out of your busy schedule and make yourself do this. Quit looking at something that's holy and righteous with such wicked thoughts. Don't let those thoughts come to you. And they come to everybody because the enemy wants you to look at prayer as something that's, number one, going to cost you something. Number two, it's not important. Number three, it's okay to skip it. Number, you understand what I'm saying? You, it puts it on a negative list in your heart, in your mind. Get it off the negative list. Put it on the list of holy, righteous, a good thing to do. God honors it. God expects it. God can do great things with my small prayers. You know, whatever you want to say, keep yourself in the right frame of mind about your prayer and the effect that it has here. And allow yourself to be used by God to do great things in the earth. Anybody who started out praying for God never thought they would get the results that they get. Trust me. They just were crying out to God. You know, Some of the people that we look to now in the church as our heroes throughout the ages were just ordinary people that they just felt they needed to do something. And prayer was the answer for them. And they did what was was available for them to do. And that's what we do. It's never going to have the impact in you that you think it needs to have in order to motivate you. You're going to have to do it by faith. Just like everybody else does it. You know God's assigned this to me. I'm going to get my assignment done and I'm not going to fail on it. So anyway, uh, uh, we know that in, in 1517, uh, Martin Luther uh, um, uh, did something. And this was, he, it, it was common for the church. Now this is because the church had descended into a totally intellectual organism. You know, it's, they did everything by debate and all this kind of stuff. Well, Luther posted, um, when God called him to a life of prayer... His 95, what we call 95 theses, and they challenged the Catholic Church and their doctrines. So they were theses or, or ideas or tenets or beliefs or challenges that he had to their way of life. And so it was a call uh, to return the incense of mercy to the altar of God. There was already judgment in the earth because people were dying at an alarming rate. Life was very hard. It was challenged. There was pestilence. Uh, the Black Plague had swept through Europe and, and just decimated whole cities of people. You know, you go through as a ghost town. And so uh, uh, he challenged the, the indulgences as a way to salvation. That was a primary challenge uh, in the 95 Thesis. And it marked a protest against religion merged with reason so what God wanted was to get faith out of the hands of the intellectuals and put it over into the hearts of man where he could use it where he could have that personal relationship with people so in this in his in Luther's challenge faith was set free the incense was returned to heaven the church refused masses the people in the city just say we don't want that anymore. Luther was shocked at how many people didn't want the Catholic Mass anymore. And so they insisted that he speak to them 
demanding the preaching of the gospel folks they assisted that he preach to them or he uh, uh, speak to them and tell them the truth that God had put in his heart about his word so most people in Wittenberg were fed up with the Catholic Church and the Reformation began prayer returned to the common man it returned to the everyday man and this is where God is most effective where where leaders fail and institutions fail God can move on the heart of individual people so they were fed up with the church prayer returned to the common man the mercy of God returned to the earth and increased all the more because the gospel cannot be stopped the searching of the scriptures for answers became the standard in the Lutheran church so they were the ones to get influence and and get the first bible printed we know the printing press was developed all of this intellectual thought returned Europe experienced what they call the renaissance around that time and it was because light was beginning to emerge and break through on the church on the world everybody benefits from prayers from your prayer from my prayer when people began to pray and seek God and they got fed up with with what had happened was the Catholic Church wasn't even relevant to the everyday person anymore. And that's a bonus for God. See when, when the everyday guy can't get his needs met in the institution he'll start to cry out to God. And God will make a difference and he will make a change. This happens all the time. This is what happens when, when denominational churches go cold, like we have in Lutheran churches now. The enemy eventually infiltrates, takes away the prayer, takes away the preaching of the gospel, takes away witnessing signs and wonders. But somebody's going to hunger for that. Anybody can hunger for that and begin to pray. And then God will start to pour mercy out upon the earth. That's why it's so important for us to pray, is to keep the mercy of God in the earth so that the everyday average person can feel free to go to God and get his needs met and that's what happened in in Germany during that time it's amazing to me Germany can be the 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 start of something so good and wind up so wicked like it did during the you know the world wars that that but see that's what the enemy does he comes to stop what God is doing there and to crush what God is doing there with these secular ideas and selfish ideas and all of the things that he's used throughout the ages to get the people of God turned away from trusting God through prayer and also through the activity of evil and wickedness that is allowed when prayerlessness comes we ought always to pray and not faint don't go wicked that's what that means when you cease praying you go wicked anybody who has a had a prayer life and stops doing it goes wicked you got to understand that there's no you can't pretty that up folks it's that comes right out of the word of God the word that he used there for faint it means to encourage wickedness man and we can't do that we can't be those people once you get started in something please continue please continue when the word of God is made available through prayer being being offered up and prayer is made available mercy increases in the earth and that mercy is needed so that people can 
get into their right minds and hear from God. People can come to God with every need that they have and expect fully that those needs will be met. Just like the widow. She kept going because she said if I don't keep going nothing's going to happen. See if we don't keep prayer nothing's going to happen. If you don't keep praying nothing's going to happen. So we have to do this in order to see things change. So the the incense of prayer will intensify as darkness covers the earth. The amount of incense or the amount of mercy intensifies. Gross darkness but the glory of the Lord shines on the people. Glory outshines the darkness. It always increases and intensifies the mercy on the earth. The glory of his church will continue to shine because God has ordained it this way. If you don't pray he'll raise up somebody else to pray. Because people will pray. Because they, they, they understand the importance of prayer. Because prayers have a special place in heaven. God will continually move on the hearts of people to pray. You'll see people just do spontaneous prayer. You know, you'll see you see spattering, uh, smatterings of it now. That, but people tend to pray for a season and then quit. That's why God put that parable in there to encourage us that this is something you don't quit on. You don't do this. You this is your assignment for life. You don't substitute it with, uh, you know, good times or when God starts to bless you and you don't have time to pray because the blessings will certainly dry up and they won't be there forever if you don't undertake this ministry of prayer. But I do that as an encouragement and also a warning to not take it casually. This is your lifeline to God. It becomes a lifeline for the earth to get mercy from God and to get the things God wants done to get them done. Amen. Father we thank you for the opportunity to understand in all seriousness and sincerity. This is no game down here. This is nothing we're playing around with. But prayer is essential for you in heaven because it begins to unfold the realities of the world in a way where you can come and be merciful. And we're all looking for it. You know, we're looking for your mercy. And let us not forget that our lives are built upon your mercy. When you look down upon us and see our need and you smile on us and you release to us. That's your mercy Father. We receive grace to receive it but your mercy must come first. We thank you for that understanding and that revelation in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 If anybody needs prayer come on pray.